Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before we get into week four of the 2023 SEC football season, just something real quick. I get asked all the time, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, friend, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on your platform. Number two, definitely subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're listening to and other platforms. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode with them. Number four, you can support our sponsors. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, at CousinBailey at gmail.com, and we'll hook it up. So uh, after a bad week, our producer has fallen into third place regarding the standings, um, opening the door for last season's champ, Gus, to take over the lead in the standings. Uh, Cuz, myself, is in second, which feels like first, frankly, and Malt Liquor is still bringing up the rear. Um. We can go through those in a sec. Gus is uh, 13 and 13. Cousin Bailey, 11 and 15. Dr. Riffick, 10 and 16. And Malt Liquor is 8 and 18. I mean, this is like a like bizarro world from last year. Well, anyways, from me between me and Malt Liquor. Uh, so anyways, let's get right to it. Uh, this week's host, that would be last week, last year's champ, Gus, sounds like he's underwater, probably after having too much scotch in the land of, but he's going to fight through it. He's a soldier, right? We had oh, some uh, we had some quality guests last week, but um, that was uh, Jim and former Bourbon Boy Larry. But we're glad to have our full allotment of current Bourbon Boys back together this week. So, um, Gus, why don't you take away the hosting duties? All right, it's great to be back. Uh, yeah, I'm a little under the weather. Have COVID. It's Ooh. awesome. I'm glad that uh, I didn't get symptoms until two days after I returned. From the land of scotch and golf, uh, my two loves in life that are not my wife. Um, yeah, uh, just looking at last week real quick, Dr. Riffick went one and eight. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fantastic. Um, she gets something there for that. But um, no, Scotland was amazing. Uh, saw Loch Ness, Inverness, Edinburgh, went to Sky, went to Oban, which... I believe was uh, mentioned on the podcast last week where I dropped some uh, some pound sterling in that distillery. I didn't make it to Talisker, though. Jim would be upset, but uh, we didn't stay around Talisker, and you don't drink and drive at all over there. Which is and, wonderful, or anywhere. Yeah, and Mrs. Gus would not get behind the wheel of the car on ah. the wrong side of the road, on the wrong side of the car, especially where Talisker's at. That's the one-lane roads that they have out there. So yeah, she was, a, that was a big no, but we made it to Oban, which was awesome. Dropped uh, over 450 pounds sterling, which conversion I think is dollars, $28.75. I don't know per pound sterling. I don't know. A lot of money, but uh, I, I bought so much scotch over there. I had to declare it at customs. Wow. So I went over the threshold. Um, well, scotch and other things. 
but yeah, no, it was awesome. One disappointment though was uh, we we were leaving Edinburgh to go to Sterling to go see the Wallace Monument because you know William Wallace, right? Like Braveheart, we got to check that out. Of course, uh, it's about an hour hour and fifteen away from Edinburgh, and then we were going to keep heading north from there. Um, and then I realized we left our passports at the hotel. So I had to go back. Uh, did not catch uh, Sterling or the Wallace Monument, unfortunately, or Sterling Castle, which looked amazing on all the YouTube videos I watched while planning. But yeah, um, happy to be back. Really, really sucked that I missed Larry and Jim. Both are actual dear friends, uh, but that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Anyway, uh, let's go around and. Did you say see... actual dear friends? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, like, unlike, unlike us. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm just. Oh, oh, sometimes oh. you say it in jest, right? So, gotcha. no, like they're actual. I mean, everybody on this podcast is a dear friend. I will try to refrain from fucking with you tonight. I'm sorry. No, it's, like you it. can fuck with me. My my sense of humor isn't sick. Well, it is. But, well, it's sick. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, but, how did you find the driving? On the left well, side, it was an adjustment. Yeah, first day in Edinburgh, you know, it's the city, but it's not a huge city, it's only 500,000, 600,000. So, I found it manageable. I got the roundabouts down pretty quick, but yeah, once we got to Loch Ness and Sky and you get off the M's over there, uh, good luck. Um, it's either two lane or one lane roads. Uh, the one lane roads they have these things called laybys that you pull off to the side and let the car coming in the direction go, but you kind of have to time that out. So there's a lot of flashing of lights and waving. Thank you. And everybody kind of does that. Uh, we went to hike, uh, I think it's called clearing and it was jam packed. And uh, I probably needed a whole bottle of scotch after that drive up that mountain and back Whoa. down. Uh, that was pretty bad, but um, yeah, like I, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't know if I'll ever do it again, at least out in in the middle of nowhere. But, oh, and that's the other thing. So the rental car was, a they gave me a Jeep Liberty, which is like, it's a shitty car. I'm like, I'm in Europe. Can I drive a European car? Or maybe a, I'll drive an American car if it's a model I've never driven before or whatever. Like, no, give this American a Jeep Liberty. And it was pretty awful. Uh, I didn't is it standard well. or automatic? No, oh, automatic. Yeah. automatic like i i can drive standard i drove standard probably half my life but yeah. you know i'm i'm a florida boy and going up and down those hills and everything else i was like yeah i'm good it was enough trying to figure out how to drive on that side of the road yeah right like was i didn't the need a steering wheel on the other side or was it american no it was on the other side oh wow yeah it's yeah, yeah. no yeah. I've, I've driven in like the bahamas but i've always i've always driven like a for some reason, it's all uh, every car I've been behind the wheel of was always an American car. I'm not for some reason. I mean, I understand why, but I'm driving on the on the left side of the road with on the with the steering wheel on the left. So I've never had the steering wheel on the right. That's wild, man. Yeah. So I mean, I've done it before. I did it like 20 years ago in St. Thomas because mm -hmm. they're like that. Even though they're a U.S. Virgin Island, they drive on the wrong side over there too. But no, it was great. People were awesome. Uh, drank my face off at night. We stayed at really nice places. Uh, bed and breakfast it was awesome couldn't complain the weather was actually tremendous i think we were there we landed saturday morning we left saturday afternoon we probably had two and a half three days of rain but when we were out in sky there was no rain whatsoever so it was 
perfect. So, yeah. So that when we were in Ireland, so you know, we spent a couple of days in Dublin and then rented the car. And the first place we went was Glendalock, which is this old monastery, but it's in the Wicklow Mountains. So like the motorways are nice, but then once you get off, it's like like how you described. And I think it was a Saturday or Sunday because half of Ireland was either out riding their bikes or jogging on the side of the road. And so, you know, I'm like kind of a little bit like flinchy and I mean, not normally, but I wasn't because it's just weird. You're like, right. And so ended up hitting a stone wall, bursting our tire on the top of this, like, I mean, they're not big mountains, but you know, 3000 feet and having to change a spare tire and this like shitty, like Hyundai Aspire. And, um, they, but, I mean, people were in, in Ireland were generally friendly, but no one on the road offered to help me. But anyway, I managed and ended up having to pay like 300 euro because it was that that happened on a Saturday and most places are closed on Sunday. So our, our bed and breakfast owner basically called this guy special to come out on a Sunday morning and fix our tire. So it was like double the fee and all that shit. But anyway, were there sheep right on the side of the road? Yeah. Yeah. They were fucking everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. So you have to deal with sheep as well. Like it's fucking nuts. So yeah. And the crazy thing too is so it's now off season. Like we just went at the very end of the season. I could I couldn't imagine driving there in season. It would have been fucking crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good time. Highly recommend it. I plan on going back, playing golf next time. So, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go around the horn, uh, Cuz. What you drinking, buddy? Uh, so currently, I'm drinking a, a Florida Special Lager um, from Copper Tail. It's delicious, as we all know. It tastes like beer. Um, I tried the fresh. Is that what it was called? Or the catch? Or catch? The catch. Catch. I got myself a four pack, and I was saving it for tonight but i couldn't wait yet but i was at rolling oats so i got a single and i brought it home and had it around five o'clock and i just didn't care for it so i'm that's why i texted the group earlier i said i probably have to go there to to get some enjoyment i even like i took a sip out of the can poured it in a glass it had this kind of artificial flavor to it that i just couldn't couldn't get past and uh but anyways, I also got some of these and also some uh, hazies from Sweetwater. So I'm I'm set. There you go. Yeah, uh, right out of the tap is probably best for that beer. It's probably definitely better. Malt man, what you got? So I'm going back to an old favorite, the uh, Two Hearted Ale from Bell's. It's uh, it's good. Like I've been worried because the last few I've picked up, kind of I don't know how old they've been. And they just didn't taste right. But this is like back in the sweet spot. So. Nice. You didn't get a keg like like Mr. Producer did for uh No, no keg. No keg. <laughs> it was a good night. It was. Oh. oh Dr. Riffick, what dragoon are you drinking? Just the IPA today. All right. And uh because of the yeah. state I'm in, unfortunately, 
Um, I'm drinking water with some liquid IV in it, which is unfortunate because I have a ton of different scotches. Um, Try some different ones over there. Glenn Donich was good. Uh, Tober Murray was fantastic. Um, the beers over there were pretty good. Of course, I had Cascale. I had those. I I can't remember which ones. I just like give me a good Cascale, and I never remember to ask which one. But uh, when I was just kind of day drinking, I drank a lot of Tenants and Innocent Gun. So very very good beers over there. But unfortunately tonight, uh, water and liquid IV. Got to hydrate, baby. Got to hydrate. You gonna bring the um any of the scotch over to the Florida Georgia game? Yeah, I'll bring some over. I was don't don't feel obligated. I was just joking, but like I I, I think maybe two of us will have some. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'll exactly. Have I'll yeah. have some. Are you sure? I mean, I'll I'll try a sip. All right, I'll get I'll bring the super peaty stuff. So, you know. Wait, what? <laughs> That's right, my wheelhouse. Yeah. Wait, what? Peaty. Peaty. Smoky PD. Oh, I know what the word is. I'm incredulous. Gotcha. All right. Let's get into uh, this slate. Malt, you're kicking it off, buddy. Yeah. What a piece of shit game to start the day. I mean, it's Mm. superficially not bad, but uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't also uh, highlight Larry's one and eight performance last week. Uh, Neil wasn't much better either. I think, or Jim wasn't much better. Oops. He had two, but, uh, anyway, um, wait, so uniforms don't matter. Right. Oh God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Onto this game, Auburn versus the Aggies. The Aggies are a seven and a half point home favorite, which I mean, I guess if you watched Auburn play only, it would make sense. Um, but uh, last week, both these teams had cupcakes and did, I guess, what you would expect. They won pretty easily. Auburn beat Samford, and AM beat La Mo. Um, two weeks ago, both these teams looked like shit. Auburn looked like shit, but won, and AM got their ass stomped in Miami. Um, this is probably Auburn's most winnable game for the next few. I think they, they've got Georgia, Ole Miss, and LSU following this. So if they want to, uh, you know, maybe kind of get on the right track in the Hugh Freeze era, need to win this game. AM's offense has been pretty good all year. I mean, they did score a lot against Miami. So that's probably something to do with Petrino being involved and Jimbo out of the picture. But um, their defense has been just awful. Um, I honestly have no idea what to expect in this game. Um I don't like either team, but I think if it's seven and a half, I, there's a world where Auburn could win. So I just think you got to take the points. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I mean, I, I could certainly see Auburn laying an egg and get beat by 10 or 10 points, two touchdowns, or even three touchdowns. But um, yeah, I'm just taking the points. If I If you don't like either team, take the points. That's what I'm doing. So I'm the same way. I pretty much with the same logic. I um I read you know read an article about how uh, you know or not yeah but I think Andy Staples had somebody on and he was talking about how he was not impressed at all with Hugh Freeze's offense, but um but I think like they are the the consensus is that they respect that he's trying to get the RPO working 
and we know that he is a good offensive mind. So it's a matter of time before I think he figures it out there. Um, on the on the flip side, Bobby Petrino is a good offensive coordinator as well. And I I just saw just saw something like later like this week I think, or maybe uh, late last week about how maybe from y'all. So I apologize, but it was about how like the A and M boosters are prepared to take to buy out jimbo that humongous number like it's not everyone i think has a false sense of security that jim not security but false sense that jimbo's buyout number is so high that they wouldn't be willing to do it but apparently there's a tremendous amount of money you know they have they do have a tremendous amount of money um a and m so they're they're i think capable and aware of the possibility of having to eat that um but so that sounds like a guy who is you know off the radar on, on the hot seat. Um, but, but my, my logic is the exact same. Like I, I don't trust either one of these teams. It's an sec game. It's on the road and I just, I'm leaning and I'm going to take Auburn to beat this spread. I don't know. Um, unfortunately I didn't get to see any games, uh, last week and I haven't done my research, unfortunately shocker, but definitely more reasons this week. I typically check out the games and highlights. Seems like AM put a beat down on Miami. This is at AM. I think I'm going to down take... AM. What's that? Miami beat down AM. Oh, Miami. It's the other way down. around. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Yeah, that'll so change things. That. What's that? That'll change things. That'll change things. Yeah, sweep it, buddy. Well, what does our producer think? Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, sweep it. <laughs> that sounds good, man. We just could feel it. Yeah. So, um, you shouldn't have said anything. I wanted him to t- <laughs> be on the other side of this one. I needed yeah. to get one back here. Because <laughs> our next twelve o'clock game, what you got? So, uh, this used to be like the battle of the two worst teams in the SEC East, and it's kind of probably could be getting there again. Uh, Kentucky at Vanderbilt and uh, Vanderbilt is a 14 uh, point uh, underdog at home. Um, Kentucky hasn't really been tested by a legitimate team yet this season. And generally speaking, that trend kind of continues considering we're talking about Vanderbilt, but um, despite Vandy's two losses, they've been competitive the past two weeks. Uh, First was against uh, Wake Forest, that loss. And then the loss last week against UNLV. Um, Kentucky's allowed crappy teams to appear competitive. And I think that will probably come to pass this weekend. Uh, there's a world where I, and this is, I wrote this down earlier, this thought, there's this, this last part. And I was like, why does this sound familiar? And then I heard Malt Liquor say it. So to paraphrase Malt Liquor, there is a world where I can see, barring a total like shooting themselves in the feed situation where Vandy can actually win this game. So I think I'm going to take the doors to anchor up and, uh, and uh, beat this 14-point spread. Didn't Vanderbilt lose to UNLV last week? They did. They did. Yes. They lost to Wake Forest, and then they lost to UNLV, but they were, like, scoring points, and the games were competitive. Okay. So that, that was my logic. I mean, take, obviously, right. you're doing just fine on your own. No, yeah. Uh, we didn't pick UK last week for some – I think – did we forget that one? I don't think – was there a line? I don't know. They played Akron. Is Akron F- anyway, whatever. They played Akron and they won like 35 to 3. Vanderbilt, like I said, lost to UNLV. 
it's at Vandy, which doesn't matter, never matters, never will matter. Um, short trip for Kentucky. Uh, I can see them covering this. So uh, Vandy picking against Vandy is one of the few things I got right last week. So I'm going to keep it going and I will take Kentucky laying 14. It's another intriguing matchup. Mm. Intriguing. Yeah, I don't really know which way to go here. My my gut tells me Vandy, but my head's telling me Kentucky. It's at Vandy. So will either team be able to find the end zones? I don't know. That construction. It's a mess. Um I'm sorry, I, I must have missed this while I was hacking. Uh Kentucky beat Akron, correct? Yeah, they, yeah, stomped, they, they, stomped they struggled. Okay. They struggled. They struggle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, give me the cat. 35 to three, I think it was, right? Yeah. But I mean, they shouldn't have uh, 35. Good God. They stumbled their way to 35. You know what? Never mind. You guys stay over there. <laughs> I'll be laughing at about 2 30. Producer. Yeah. I'll, I'm taking Kentucky too. Yeah. Let's let Cuz float away on his blue gem island. I like it. The gem of the SEC, Kroger Field. And that leads us to our 3.30 game of the week. Ole Miss rolling into Tuscaloosa. It's not a Ole Miss-Alabama matchup without Lane Kiffin talking some shit. Apparently, uh, Kevin Steele, Phil Steele's brother, isn't calling the defense anymore. It's Traverius, I don't know, some guy. one of the T-Rob. Is it T-Rob? Yeah, Yeah. T-Rob. Robinson. Uh, oh, Alabama's favorite here by by a touchdown. That's that's insane to me. Um, Alabama almost lost to uh, De Heupel last week in USF. Ooh, what was that? Um, yeah, it's a uh, gross. Portman too. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, gross. The USF coach. I kind of like him. That's why I went with USF last week. And I just don't know about Bama this year. It's a. Uh, you wouldn't think that the quarterback would matter that much with that team, but it it. Obviously does. They have nothing going on. Uh, Tommy Reese is their OC, right? And they're, yep. it's like, why yeah. do you, why do you leave Notre Dame to go to Alabama? You would think you would have more success at Notre Dame just because of not being in the SEC. Maybe you want to prove himself, or maybe Notre Dame wanted him to leave and asked him politely, "Hey, can you go find another job?" It'll be interesting. Ole Miss last week uh, they put it on Georgia Tech. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think Alabama has a good defense, but I still think Ole Miss is going to put up points, and Alabama won't be able to put up points. So I think that's why Ole Miss is going to win outright. I agree with you for different reasons. <clears throat> I think, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I under, I, I the game last week was bizarre and struggly, and I, I kind of find it dangerous to count. I presume Saban's going to have to figure something out or was is capable of figuring something out. Um, it, well, I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I, 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 I agree. I, th- I don't know if it's going to be outright, but I agree that I think this game is probably going to be like, maybe come down to like the last play or the last drive. So I'm going to take Ole Miss as well. Let's just say that. You trust Milrow then? Uh, no, I trust the other kid. Well, Milrose starting. Milrose a starter. 
And the other, I, like I picked Ole Miss. I mean, I'm... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Milrow is starting. I've missed every game that Bama's played. I think I had them not covering the big one, which they, you know, this huge favorite, and then the last two, obviously. Um, so Saban, I think in the past, I think maybe part of the reason that he played, he didn't play Milro was to show the rest of like Bama nation that these other two guys suck. And so now yeah. they're going to be like, well, at least Milro's a freshman, at least he's athletic, you know, he can, he has a good arm and it's just a matter of him getting experience to, you know, handle some of those intermediate routes, but they need to design an offense around that. And from, you know, what I've seen is they really haven't. Um, So part of the issue is they don't, they haven't had the traditionally dominant offensive line. Um, So, you know, this is just, can I quit Bama? Because part of me is like, surely they won't fail to cover three weeks in a row. Uh, I really haven't seen Ole Miss play too much. They had kind of a, lackluster effort against uh Tulane a couple weeks ago may have you know probably could end up losing that game had Tulane starting quarterback played this line seems like they're begging you to take Cole Miss too which um is kind of getting in my head um Ole Miss gave up a lot of yards to Georgia Tech who is you know I don't think ever been an offensive juggernaut at least in the last 30 years um <sighs> I mean, my head say, says Ole Miss, but I need to make up some ground. And I got a weird feeling that maybe Saban, you know, all this doom and gloom about Bama, and, you know, they have, they have one loss, and it's to a non-conference opponent. Um, so um, I'm going to lay the points, watch Bama, root for some rain and some Jenny Dell highlights on the, on the sideline. <laughs> nice. Uh... I'll go with uh, Ole Miss here. Yeah, I mean, like Alabama's defense. Well, and then that then I remember the Texas game. Yeah, it's a crazy ass game. Never yeah, mind. you know, I'll I'll be on Bama Island. Um, so speaking of islands, uh, fat fuck Josh Heupel is an island, and he's a negligent motherfucker for calling that timeout. What did he expect was going to happen? Honestly, he should be arrested. Um, but uh, enough about him. Let's talk about Texas San Antonio. Did you know that they didn't start football until 2011? Whoa. And do you know who their first former national champion head coach uh, was their coach for their first five years? Larry Coker. Yeah, Larry Boom. fucking Coker. Hold that wow. shit. Um, they play their home games in the Alamo Bowl, which I don't think anyone ever plays in anymore. The Alamo Dome, I should say. Um, anyway, they're one and two, lost to Army and Houston. They were pretty good last year. Um, so that might explain why Tennessee's favored by less than three touchdowns at home. Um, you know, maybe and maybe some some of the betters or, or the lines makers saw uh you know, that fat fuck on the sidelines and the way they played. I, I want to give Florida credit, especially the defense, but they look, Tennessee just played awful too. Um, yeah. Tons of penalties. Um, 
you know, basically, you know, really didn't make much happen at all. There's a reason Joe Milton hasn't been a starting quarterback until his sixth year. Um, yeah, I, I've never seen one guy get more play out of a meaningless game, bowl game. Um, but I don't know that that has much to do with this game. Uh, San Antonio is not that good. I think this is kind of the classic get right game for Tennessee. So um, I'm going to have, I'm going to lay the points. I think they'll win by, you know, three or four touchdowns. So that's enough to cover this. So I'm going to lay the points and take the balls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I kind of like oscillate because the first I, I was leaning towards Tennessee, but then as you were speaking, I was remembering that they also struggled against Austin P the week before Florida. So, you know, this, this is definitely going to have to be a get right kind of game because, you know, starting after this week, I, I'm sure just like everybody else, they're going to get into the meat of their sec schedule. <clears throat> the, uh, the other possibility is the Austin P game. They were looking ahead to the Florida game, but what the hell were they looking at then, you know, playing like complete shit, get embarrassed. I loved it. It was fantastic how dumb they looked. Uh, anyways, uh, sorry. Yeah, so University of Tennessee, Texas, Texas, San Antonio, fairly unfamiliar. Um, I think I was leaning towards Tennessee. I don't think that's a terrible idea. Um, I think they're probably going to take out their frustrations on um, UTSA. So I'm going to I'm going to join you, but it's kind of tentative hesitant yeah tennessee against florida last week looked like ten uh, florida against utah yeah like they were just so undisciplined so many yeah. penalties That's it a was great crazy point. yeah like it was i couldn't believe that you know i'll be quite honest uh so i i was watching the game intermittently on the flight back uh when we had decent internet whatnot and I did see the first play from scrimmage for Florida, and it was a false start. And I'm like, oh shit, here we yeah. go. Here we yeah. go. It's they're, they're done. They're done. Um, but no, it was it was a great game. Uh yeah, I don't think I have really much to say here. I don't I don't know much about UT San Antonio, other than they probably all wish they were going to UT Austin. So yeah, give me the balls. Producer, what you got, buddy? Yeah. Nah. I can't take Tennessee. It's just, no. So I'll take uh, UT San Antonio. The Roadrunners. Awesome. Yeah. I saw one of those today, so maybe that's a sign. There you go. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Because before we get into the 7 o'clock slate, um, you know, I love the city of Oban. I love the distillery, but I actually, that was my favorite city in, in Scotland was Oban. Uh, mm -hmm. The pub scene there is fantastic. The restaurant scene is fantastic. The actual scenery is amazing very very thick um scottish accents there it's all fishermen and mariners maybe that's why i kind of like it as well but uh when i was there having my uh my haggis nope. i i was like man i i haggis would be so much better if i would have remembered a key ingredient bringing it from home well, it's funny you mention it because this portion of the bourbon boys picking the sec is in fact brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers and fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. 
After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the gold to become your new favorite sauce. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount. So, um, Haggis, huh? Yeah, I actually, I wanted to try it, but I never, I don't want to say I didn't have the opportunity. Um, I'm a pretty eclectic eater. I'll eat almost anything, but I just didn't. I wasn't in the mood to try anything like haggis when I was over there. Unfortunately yeah. I did have, I think it's called Scottish pudding, which is their blood pudding. Cool. That was fantastic. That was great. Great. Amazing. Uh, but I would try haggis. Yeah. Open just... seems like the kind of place for you. I mean, I feel like the way it's not only the scotch, but you said everything else about it. It's yeah. Fabulous. It's, it's fantastic. Um, Your favorite anyone... place in Scotland. Yeah. My favorite place. Right. Yeah. Great. Even take so, the distillery out. It's my favorite place. Do wow. they have any like weird, like non-English sayings, like in Gaelic or whatever? They do. But if they said it, I couldn't understand them because half the people over there, I couldn't understand anyway. The guy at the rental car place could have been selling me a, <laughs> a hamburger made of fucking shit. I love I it. Been like, yep. Sounds good. I couldn't understand a fucking word he said. So yeah. Uh, what do they say? Slang, slangy, slangy. And, you know, Slanta. yeah, said that cheers, yeah, Slanta. so they say that, but uh, no, they they say shit different though, but yeah, yeah, I know Mrs. Gus was failing you when you asked her about that, and I was like, Did you tell him about this? Did you tell him about this? Did you tell him about this? And she's like, I forgot, I forgot, so yeah, she told me the lay by or by lay, whatever, whatever you just said about driving. Yeah, lay by. Yeah. Yeah. Toilets. We. Everything's we over there. Oh, look, it's a we American. I sounded right. Irish there, but you know. Yeah. Um no, it was uh, just some of it straight away was kind of common. You understand what that is. There is a word for drunk though. Pissed. It's they have pissed, but there's another one they say. I think Irish English or <laughs> So yeah, crazy thing was most of the locals drank Guinness. Yeah, that was their big beer over there. Was Guinness? That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. All right, seven o'clock late, cause. Oh yeah, man. We are uh, well. This game used to be at the end of the year. I think I can bitch about that for the next. I think in perpetuity. Yep. Um, Arkansas at LSU. LSU is an eighteen-point favorite. Um, as much as it pains me to say, I think LSU seems to have found their stride. Um, it was a nourishing win against Grambling two weeks ago and then a dominating win last week uh, against uh, Mississippi State. Kind of puts them in a better position than Arkansas. Uh, the Razorbacks lost last week, uh, as I predicted, getting outscored 17-7 to in the second half against BYU after having a lead at halftime. Um, if I'm right about LSU finding their way, I think it's going to be dangerous to this wide-open SEC West. It's going to basically after tomorrow, put all teams on notice. Uh, I think, um, I think LSU is going to stomp the shit out of Arkansas, especially at home, especially at night. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the question is, you know, which LSU is going to show up. Is it going to be the one from last week or the one against the Knolls? And then Arkansas had been playing pretty well until that BYU game. Um, I think this is, this line is, too high. It's an overreaction from last week. 
Um, so I think the value is taken Arkansas with the points. Um, you know, I, I pretty, pretty confident LSU is going to win, but I don't know that 18 points is, uh, is likely. So I will take the road underdogs. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I think you might be lone wolfing it here. I just have no faith in Arkansas this year. Uh, LSU looked really good last week. Apparently, Jaden Daniels figured it out. We'll see. But, I mean, LSU just has athletes all over the field. Uh, Brian Kelly is a pretty good coach. This isn't, you know, a great Arkansas team. If it was a, a better Arkansas team, and it was even if the line was closer, uh, you know, I think – Malt, you said it a few weeks ago, like that's what Brian Kelly does is he loses he loses those games. Yeah. So, but I don't think he's gonna lose this one. And I think they're gonna win big. So give me the, the Tagas in Death Valley. Producer. It's, it's LSU at night. Yep. We all we all know what that means. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Jack yeah, games. I think that's starting to be something now. Yeah. 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 So I'll take the Tigers. Awesome. Next seven o'clock game, the Charlotte 49ers heading to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, Steve Spurrier Field at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Gainesville, the swamp. Florida is a 27 and a half point favorite here. That's a large number. That being said, I didn't do any research. I don't think Charlotte's very good, but I could be completely wrong here. Are they even... No, they have to be a FBS, right? They're they're done with their FCS schedule at this point in the season, I would hope. Yeah, they're FBS. They're FBS, okay. So, man, 27 and a half. I mean, Florida looked great, right? Like, ETN, that guy, that guy is a real fucking deal. He's a fucking beast. It was great that the, uh, the center was back. You could definitely tell the offensive line played much better with him uh, controlling that group. And there, there are some suspensions. There are some suspensions uh, stemming from Josh Heifel's dumb fucking timeout that he took. Uh, I believe two offensive linemen and a defensive back. And it's two starters. I believe it's the left guard and left tackle, right, that are out. I don't think it's really going to matter against Charlotte. But this number's fucking huge. Kingsley Iquacon, uh, the center, is out also this week. Is he? Is that injury related? He had a setback and he missed two days of practice, so he's out. Just wanted to make sure that was on the record. Okay, so they're just giving him a break so he can heal up for the rest of the SEC. I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So they're only suspended for the first half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, one of the guys that uh, I want to say was a left tackle, he was going to throw down with, with Joe Milton. Is he an idiot? Milton's an idiot. So yeah. Standing there against a three hundred thirty pound fucking man, like no, you're going to lose, brother. Um, man, this one's so tough. I think I'm going to take Charlotte based off of one thing. Billy Napier seemed to do well against Tennessee. However, he bored me to death when they put the camera on him for his pregame speech. I was like, I couldn't be any less fired up for this game after listening to Billy Napier trying to fire up his troops. So, right. Yeah. Give me the Niners. So, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on this for the same reasons. I, I don't, 
I don't think I don't foresee Florida having any real trouble. Um, the thing that kind of makes me the thing that makes me think the Gators are probably going to run away with this, maybe even have this line covered by the third quarter, is our running game against an overmatched opponent, even with the suspensions and our defense. I think our defense is going to be too much for them to handle. Um, not saying this is going to be like the good old days where we had like multiple pick sixes, but big stops. Uh, it would be nice if special teams didn't have any fuck ups this week. Let's just see what that happens. Let's just try it. Let's just see what happens. So I'm going to, I'm going to say take Florida. I understand the hesitation of taking a big number. But I understand we should be able to beat the crap out of this team with our second stringers. So let's see what happens. So you're taking the Gators? Yes, I'm going to take Florida. Oh, so we have a special guest calling in. Uh, oh. It's none other than Coach Billy Napier. Coach, thanks for joining us. How, how do you feel about last week's game? Well... We had an edge going in. Okay. Didn't play great week one. Right. And we carried that edge with us. And now we got some noise back out of the system. And we had some success. And what we need to do is figure out how to build. Okay. On that success and if we do that then we have a chance to do it again and that's what I'm looking to do that's what we're trying to build with my hand gestures right right and I appreciate the fans but it's you know we gotta keep keep moving and keep working and that's how we're going to get where we need to get wow thank you coach i i really appreciate that um i know you're busy so we'll let you let you get home all right uh yeah i mean that was inspiring i think you know I, i'm ready to run through a wall but i think he uh, put, put gus to sleep <laughs> Got my vote. <laughs> we can we can get where we gotta get. <laughs> Have you noticed his hand gestures too when he talked? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Um so uh I, I actually forgot about the suspensions, which could be an issue. So Charlotte has been piss poor against the run all year. I think they're like 99th or something like that. Um which obviously bodes well for us. I just am very impressed with our defense. Defense played pretty well against Utah. You know, we gave up that big touchdown at the beginning. But other than that, their other touchdowns were like short fields and bullshit. Um, can, I mean, Milton's no, not great, but, you know, we play together, it seems like. You know, there are, there are guys that are doing their job. So not trying to go for the hero tackle is if it's third and nine and you get, got the guy six yards short, keep him from going to the sideline. Cause you, 
and funnel him towards the help where the other guys, we seem to really be rallying to the ball well on defense. So like really excited about that pretty young defense too. Um, we actually have linebackers that play well, which I don't think we've had, you know, for at least like, you know, five, six years. I, I don't think it's always been like just shit. Um, so all that's really encouraging. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about our lack of a downfield passing game. Um, we can't count on multiple third down conversions. Teams like George and LSU. So I would like to see a little bit more of a dynamic passing game. Um, been impressed with Mertz, you know, his poise. And for the first time, I actually saw Napier. Like that screen call to Johnson was a great call. We had been worked all day to set that up. Um, you know, I mean, what can you say about ETN? Just amazing. And then also the fact it seemed like we were we had the game plan to utilize Wilson, and then he gets hurt, and I was like, oh fuck, what are we gonna do now? And we seemed to, you know, adjust to that. So, um, twenty seven and a half is a, is a big number, but Charlotte's pretty bad. I think their strengths, uh, they don't like I said, our strength is running, and they seem to have issues stopping the stopping the run. So uh, I think we build the momentum and sustain it as coach Billy would say. Um, so I'll take the Gators. It's producer. Yep. Uh, I'm on that side too. Go Gators. We're into our seven thirty slate. Malt. Yeah. We got the Bulldogs 42 point favorites against UAB who almost had their program canceled six years ago. Probably going into this game. Feel like maybe they should have, um, <laughs> I watched quite a bit of the Georgia South Carolina game, not just because Jenny Dell was on the sidelines, but that was nice. Um, South Carolina had kind of held their own. We're leading at halftime. And then Georgia sort of flipped the switch and dominated the second half. They, um, a lot of pressure on Rattler and they finally, um, let, oh man, this guy, Carson Beck. Mm. Talk about a punchable face. Um, like, the singer Beck has one. This guy's could be worse. I know he's a kid. Well, he's probably, but he's been in college like 10 years. So he's not that young. Um, but they seem to start allowing him in the second half to throw a little bit over the middle. Some of those intermediate passes. Um, so that, that was encouraging. I guess if you're a Georgia fan, I don't, I think Georgia's going to lose a game. I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks. And it's hard to sustain that edge, as Coach Billy Napier would say, for three years. Um, I honestly have no idea what to expect with this game. 42 is a huge amount. But UAB is really bad. So, I, I mean, oh, man. I guess I'll take Georgia. No, I'm, I'm taking UAB. I, I can't lay 42 on a team that's been getting off to slow starts. Um, so I will take the 42, but I would never bet this game. So there is a reason why I'm taking Georgia and the points here. UAB sucks and their head coach is Trent Dilfer. Oh God. Brand Can new, I change my pick? <laughs> I was going to ask year. if you needed that information before. Brand new to the college game. I guess he did some really nice things with the, Class A school in Nashville or something in high school. I don't know. <clears throat> but 
apparently he's going about his coaching and staff and everything else completely different. Um, I know a lot of people talk about Dion and how he's game changing, but the game changer there is Dion. He has a real football staff in place and re- hired real coaches who have experience and have had success. Dilfer, basically almost his whole staff is brand new to college football. Yeah. So it's like, all right, good luck. Good luck with the, I know they're not the dragons, but that's their mascot. Blazers. The Blazers. Uh, Yeah, I just, like that's, being a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, there's not much I can root for or get, or there's not much I can get behind with Trent Dilfer, and this definitely isn't it. So, Give me Uga. So, so one, I, sorry, for one thing that um, I don't know if I mentioned it. So when I was up in Minnesota, like one of the games that we were playing, we were trying to spot like the lamest jersey for each fan base. Like you know, you see the fans, and like um, I didn't see any Dilfer jerseys, but that would that would be up there. Uh. You know, that guy was just sucked. So I, I I need to piggyback off the Dilfer jersey thing. Two years after he left, uh, my aunt got me a Trent Dilfer jersey because of the Bucks. <laughs> I think she found him on the on the the clearance rack clearance rack at Jay Byron's or something, <laughs> right? like in Gateway Mall. So yeah, I was like, oh, thanks, thanks, aunt. Ant of the Gus. Um, yeah, we're. I'll wear this. I'll wear this. Good thing I don't see you very often. So yeah, was it that, a creamsicle or it was creamsicle? Yeah, yeah, it was creamsicle. I have seen those around. They're they're. I I, I guess it's because it's a, a sexy number. I saw some. I saw someone wearing a Trent Dilfer jersey a couple of years ago, but they had like paper and sticker and wrote Brady over the Dilfer. Because, you know, I guess they spend all their money on the tickets so they can't get another yeah. jersey. <laughs> it's cheaper than, yeah, it's cheaper than getting a Brady jersey. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, no, so I wanted to make sure Malt Liquor had that information before he made his pick, but sorry, buddy. No, I'm, I'm kidding. You can obviously change your pick with that information. Yeah, I'm, first, cha- I'm, uh, I'm changing it. Oh, you are going to go with Georgia? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going with Georgia. Yeah, that's, I, I was um, on the fence before I knew that, so. Yeah, that's... um. That's important. He he did say something oddly complimentary, but he said that, you know, playing in the a night game in the SEC is better than playing some NFL games or something like that. He said it had more energy than the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Right. He, yeah, that's right. Then the Super Bowl. Oh, well, half the Super Bowl is a bunch of people that are just like there yeah, to be seen. Super Bowl. You know? Yeah. When I read that, I was like, well, that's a lot of corporate tickets of people who don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. Um, so I, I read that and I kind of, took that with a grain of salt, but um, he knows what he's getting into. He knows he's going to get, I think he's going to, they know they're going to get their ass kicked. And if it has to be in the second half and that's, and so be it. But um, you know, Carson Beck may cry on Snapchat, but I think he's probably going to be able to handle the Blazers this week. How about our producer? Man, (laughs) I didn't know that either, but I'm not going to change my pick. What's your pick? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll take UAB. UAB. Lone Wolf. Lone the Trent island, Dilfer. my friend. Yeah. Trent Dilfer I supporter. Yeah, Trent Lightly. Cuz, next 730 game. 
Now, this is a big one. Everybody hold on to your butts. This is Memphis at Missouri. Missouri is a six-point favorite at home. And uh, I hate to I hate to eat crow. I mean, I, I didn't uh, totally sell out Missouri last week, but I, I must give them credit. I, I, I said it was early for them to lose hope, but with the suggestion that it was coming around the corner. Um, I just did not think they were going to win last week. I mean, case Kansas, Kansas state was top 15 team. And to be frank, the Wildcats, um, the Kansas state Wildcats blew some chances down the stretch to extend their lead or extend out a lead. Uh, it just never happened. Um, they looked, Kansas state looked so bad and Missouri kind of looked good. I mean, they had the composure to come make, to come back or to score for score. It was an exciting ending. Um, wasn't at all what I expected. Uh, Missouri's kicker kicked like a 61, 60 plus yarder to win the game at the end of the game. It was, it was quite incredible. If you don't hate Missouri, which I do. Um, like I said, Missouri deserves a lot of credit, uh, but their quarterback is injured and may not play this week. Uh, but here's what they think about his backup. He was injured in like the first half and they put it uh, and, and Drinkwitz put in, um, their backup, uh, Sam Horn, but then they brought their hurt quarterback back out on the field. Um, I did a little research. Missouri's defense doesn't seem terribly concerned about Memphis's offense, despite the fact that Memphis's QB is having a pretty solid season this year. Um, I could see this having kind of a lowish score considering the potential troubles of Missouri's offense and, uh, Missouri's defense can potentially containing Memphis. Um, but I'm going to try one more time before I have a full on mea culpa towards Missouri. I'm going to, I'm going to say that Memphis beats the spread closer game. Um, they're not as good as Kansas state, but Kansas state didn't play as good as I think they probably could. So I'm going to take Memphis this week. So did you see what happened before the 61 yard kick? Remind me. I did. I watched the whole end of the game, but I kept flipping back. Drinkwitz, like, I think he either was forgot they had no timeouts and let the clock run down. Yeah. Called a timeout and they got a delay game. So it would have been a 56 yarder. It was turned into a 61 by that was, I mean, the kid that hit it, Mavis, don't call me Mavis. uh, Yeah. Probably would have been good from 70. But uh, anyway. Drinkwitz tried to fuck it up, but he got saved by the kicker. Um, Yeah, for the reasons you said, Mizzou's a little questionable at quarterback. I still don't love him. Memphis isn't bad. Six points is too much. Um, So I'm going to take the Memphis Tigers over the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Mizzou here. I was a little bit disappointed um, last week. Thought K State would have blown the doors off them. They didn't. So uh, I think Missouri is a little bit better than what I thought. I don't know much about Memphis except uh, Penny Hardaway as their basketball coach. Mm-hmm. So, is he still? Yeah, I think he is. No. I thought they got had some NCAA. Ah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, maybe he's not. I don't know. He was as of last year. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't have much else to say about this game. Um, I'm not going to watch it. That's what I'm going to say about this game. Producer. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take Memphis. Boom. Another lone wolf. Love it. I'm all in. Our last game of the week, 730. 
Mississippi State rolling into Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina is a six and a half point favorite at home. Mississippi State got the doors blown off of them last week. They looked awful. Um, Malt Liquor sent a tweet or an X. I don't know if you still call them tweets, but uh, he sent one to him to us in our group cha- uh, group chat that uh, a fan definitely was explaining it better than I could explain it. How Mississippi State played last week, I made the comment that. I did not know they had that passion in the fan base because I don't remember a time when they could have built up that passion, but apparently nice. they, they have it in Stark Vegas. But South Carolina looked really good last week uh, against Georgia, a lot better than what I thought. Of course, Georgia won, but I think South Carolina's superior team probably by two or three touchdowns here. Spencer Rattler will go off, and this is why he gets some of the the – the notoriety that he does is because he can beat down bad opponents that are in conference. So I'll go ahead and take the Cox here. The last game, this is sponsored by Woven Waters Failsafe Pilsner, which is a, it's a pretty good brewery. It's a few blocks north of Armature Works in Tampa. Um, but anyway, uh, I was actually pretty impressed by Rattler. I thought he played really well against Jordan. He was constantly under siege. Um, and, uh, you know, just really didn't have much help. Um, I'm still not ready despite, uh, the viral clip guy, um, to give up on Mississippi state. I think if, if we forgot about last week, this would probably be a three or four point spread. Um, so I, I, I still a bit of a believer that Mississippi state at least has equal talent to South Carolina. Um, you know, Will Rogers, you know, if they can block for him, uh, can make, some plays still Rattler's a little bit inconsistent. So I don't know. I think the value again is with the underdogs. That's probably been my theme this week. So it's probably going to be terrible. I'll take the bulldogs on the road. Uh, plus the points. I pretty much got, uh, the vibe from last week, uh, South Carolina's figured something out at least to compete for a little while against the top, the top team in the country and Mississippi state at home with all those freaking cowbells, couldn't do jack crap against uh, LSU. I think at home, uh, South Carolina is going to flex against a team that I, I think they're going to confound Will Rogers a little bit more, or just it seems like the 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 way it's been when they play decent teams this year. So I think uh, I'm going to go Cox, lean in towards the Cox. I'm going to take the Cox. Mr. Producer. Uh, yeah, I will definitely take the Cox too. Woo-hoo. All right, it's my chance to make up some ground here. I like Finally. it. Love the optimism. So that was our last game. Uh, pretty big slate. It's good to get kind of into a pseudo SEC schedule. Um, there's still some lesser opponents on this schedule, but I think there's some other games that we should probably talk about. Malt. I know there's. Yeah, I'll, I'll just rattle one. them off. I'm just looking if I have a schedule here. So we've got Florida State after. Very luckily escaping Chestnut Hill. Um, I think Boston College had 30 penalties that game. Maybe, I mean, only a minor. I think they had like close to 20. Um, So they are at Clemson. Uh, We got uh, Coach Coach Prime going to Oregon against Gus's favorite quarterback, Bo Nix. We got UCLA going to Utah. Um, 
And then probably the biggest game of, oh, we got Oregon State and Washington State. That's like the pack two, right? Um, <laughs> and they're both ranked. Uh, we got Iowa, Penn State. And uh, the big game is uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame. So um, it's going to be a pretty exciting Saturday, I'll tell you. Uh, Notre Dame under the lights at home. Um, but it's like, you know, you can watch that with the Gators on, on your uh, dual TVs. And then, you know, Bama, Ole Miss, that's, that could be a good game. So, yeah, exciting. I don't know. I mean, I – I think Ohio State's probably going to win. They've they they have the better athletes, at least especially on the outside. Although Notre Dame finally has a good quarterback. Like if you if I if you were a Bama fan and you were telling me Tyler Buckner starting, I'd be like, that's the guy who couldn't beat out like Ian Book. Um, yeah, and, you know. So, um, but this guy, uh, I keep wanting to call him. That's uh, Sam Hartman. I keep wanting to call him Sam Howell, but. He's he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, is that the one that transferred from Wake? Yeah, he transferred from Wake, and we kind of hoped to get him. I mean, we yeah. yeah, he's got a tremendous beard. My wife thinks he's hot, um, so he's got a lot going for him. Damn, but uh, I I kind of hope. I mean, I always hope FSU loses. That uh, I don't know. Something tells me they're going to win that game though. You know, thank you for bringing up uh, FSU. So um, we're I, we were all watching, flipping back and forth between Boston College and FSU, and we were texting about it. Yes, we have a Bourbon Boys plus one text group sometimes. Um, and I made a comment which I thought would not be disputed, which was immediately disputed by Malt Liquor about going oh right. Two and I thought you didn't want to talk about it. No, 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 I. I don't I didn't I acquiesced because I realized I was either talking to someone who was purposefully screwing with me or had some crazy insight about mathematicas that I was like, okay, maybe I don't get it. And and of course it turned out to possibly not have been a problem as BC did get the ball back. But I'm curious, were you just screwing around or do you really think it's a good idea to go for two when you I do potentially the idea is okay, you yeah. assume well, actually, hold on. Let's give the situation to everybody real okay. quick in case they weren't paying attention. So uh, BC was down by 15. 15. Okay. So most, not most, some people, some people like me and some other people, including the announcers at certain points, because they started kind of over rethinking it, thought if you're down by 15, you definitely kick that extra point because then you're only down by eight, meaning one score and a two point conversion. That is one option, only one opportunity right. to get into the end zone. And I mean, I think that used to be common knowledge, but your argument is. So my argument is, you know, you're going to have to make a two point conversion, right? So ideal, obviously you want to make it. So assume that let's assume you're not going to make it. And I don't, I mean, so to the extent that there's any, it, I don't think you can quantify that. Well, we're more likely to make it later in the game than earlier in the game. I don't think that's a rational assumption. So, if you're assume, if you make it, great, you're down seven. You just kick the extra point next time. But if you miss it, at least you missed it with nine minutes left. So you had, you know, you know, nine 
nine when you have nine minutes left that you need two scores as opposed to with two minutes left or three minutes left. So that's the rationale, and that's why I agree with it. Interesting, interesting. I'm not saying you almost sound like a you work for the Tampa Bay Rays though with that logic. It sounds a little uh, sabermetricy. Well, it is very but, it is it is sabermetricy. But I feel like uh, no matter what I say, when Larry hears this, he'll agree with you. But right. because that's just the way things work. <laughs> Even though I'm think I feel like everything is like. I mean, there, not, nothing is like uh, all. There's no such thing as all things being equal in in football, or like in many things, like nine minutes. And I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying my point of view. Like, because I I like that. That makes that that does make sense. I just happen to disagree with it. I think like, you know, nine minutes late. Say you score with a minute left. That's eight minutes of football that's passed. Maybe their maybe their defense is tired. Maybe one of their you know safeties gets injured or their defensive lineman gets injured. So my point is, it's like you've it did work out. I agree. Like Boston college did have an opportunity. They had a ball, the ball late and they messed that up if you can believe it. Um, but, and, and I guess there might be like a saber saber metric number, like nine minutes versus seven minutes. You know, I, I wonder if like later on in the game, like what, what, at, at what point in the fourth quarter would you change your tune to kick? Uh, and, and, and yeah, like, I mean, with how many minutes left, like eight, is that too too many or seven too many? Not being sarcastic. If I'm down fifteen in the fourth quarter, I'm always going yeah. for two as soon as possible. Even if for, even for that reason, two because left. yeah, and you don't get it, game's pretty much over. Yeah, but if you don't get it with one second left, it's definitely over. You always hold out the hope of possibly. Well, you just, I mean, you want, I mean, let's hope. Hope doesn't win games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Think that's you true. would, the, the whole idea is you have more knowledge. I mean, there's no way to quantify whether or not you're more likely to make it later with 30 seconds left than with nine minutes. Left. I don't, I, I, I promise you, I am not suggesting that you're more likely to get a two point conversion at any point in the game other than. At any other point, I right? Not, I I agree with that one hundred percent. I'm talking about opportunities to get in the end zone, like losing that much time, like you're you're turning a potential one score game into a definite two two score game by being down nine points. Right, but at least you're at least you know you're down nine and need another score earlier than if you waited. Okay, let's say you're down eight. You score with two minutes left, you miss it. Well, then you're down two. You still need another score, but you only have two minutes left. I'd rather know I need two scores with nine minutes left than know I need another score with one minute left or two minutes left. I mean, listen, you're a smart, smart person who's very logical. And I think Gus looks like he's about to pass out. But <laughs> so I think I'm killing him with the smooth voice of mine. But I, uh, I just... I, I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree, and and that then I I hope you understand I'm not you know like I I feel like my logic is sound. You feel like your logic is sound. Well, I, I don't, think I don't feel like it. I know mine is. Well, I know my logic <laughs> is sound. I'm I'm saying I feel like I know that this argument could probably go fifty fifty if we put it on the internet. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm indifferent. <laughs> so you vote to abstain. That's wonderful. I'm on I'm in Malt's corner because how you were talking, <laughs> yeah? because it's like. 
you know, what if, what if, what if their defense gets tired? What if their one of their players goes down? That's well, a lot of what ifs. You're I, down. I want, you you changed a two point. I mean, a two possession, a one possession game, a definite one possession game, into a a definite two two possession game or a likely two possession game. I just. Well, I mean, so here's likely, here's the here's the analysis, right? So, okay, if if we assume that we're getting the two point conversion, regardless of when we take it, right? Then yeah. it doesn't matter when we take it. Agreed. Right, because we're going to tie the game up. Agreed. But if we know, let's assume we're not going to get it. We'd rather know that we're not going to get it sooner. I mean, that's kind. That's the. But whole. these aren't. But these things aren't. I mean, all right. Yeah. I just don't think that. I think literally every. I I don't I don't think one two point conversion has anything to do with the other one. Like, well, you're I only going for one. So you always have a. 50, I mean, most play, most teams have their two point conversion plays, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter when you run it. The only I thing that matters true. is when you run it is you have more knowledge about if you don't get it, you know sooner that you're not going to get it, nah. and then you can adjust your game plan accordingly. And I mean, like, yeah, I I I see where you're coming from. I just think it's better to make a make a less trips into the end zone or the red zone. See, but, but again, that, it, if, if you assume game. that you're missing it, have to go to the, you're going to have to score again. I just you don't know think we're going to have to score again. So why not know we're going to have to score again with nine minutes left and with ninety seconds? Left? Oh. I'm right. I, I you're not right, but you're. I, <laughs> I see. I see the nodding. I'll, I'll I'll accept that. I'm not. I'm in the minority here. I mean, uh, Brock Osweiler agreed with you, so. Well, in that case, <laughs> I have to rethink my life. Almost a Gator. Mm. Any other games, guys? Uh, No. Well, that'll do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast of week four of the SEC season. Thank you to our sponsor, Pandemic Sauce Company. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and follow, and share this episode with your friends uh any other last thoughts fellas yeah i'm uh i'm up to 100 102.3 on my fever so like i'm climbing i like it i like it have you taken any uh do you want the current medicine odds of what dying yeah like we've got a bet going on (laughs) oh yeah you weren't supposed to tell them until 103 oh shit sorry never mind yeah, like I mean, the... <laughs> have you taken any fever reduction medicine? Motrin? I have, I have, when? and it, it kept going up. So I'll take some more right before I go oh. to bed. Fuck. Yeah. Yay. Text us tomorrow morning. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so... Mrs. Gus will text you with the funeral arrangements. Thanks. So if, it, if Google says if or the Mayo Clinic says if it gets above 103, you should seek medical help. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I'm okay. already, I'm well then... below that. Well below that, but that's Google. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the Mayo Clinic. What do they know? I don't know. Is it Dukes uh, or Hellman's? I think they sponsor Will Levis. Anyway, so for Malt Liquor <laughs> Gus, our producer Doctor Riffick, I am Cousin Bailey saying, "Go Gators, go get healthy, and go get drunk." Okay. Go Gators. Well, I'm-